Good afternoon, listeners. Peter and I are uh, in Washington, D.C. at the moment because the uh, U.S. Open's coming up, and Mark is calling in from Miami. We're all planning on go seeing the U.S. Open live next weekend uh, during Labor Day. So we wanted to start by sharing our favorite either live tennis moment or U.S. Open moment. So, Mark, what was yours? Yeah, I have two. I guess I have a funny moment. My favorite live tennis moment was when I took uh, my, my niece to tennis. Actually, no, sorry. It was my friend's niece. It was not mine. So I went with my friend and, and his niece to watch the Miami Open. But then it was actually called the Sony Ericsson. And we were watching... It was uh, Isner against Burdich, uh, third set tiebreaker, and one of the balls bounces over the stance, and she catches it, and Isner booms a first serve, and right after he booms a first serve at five all in the tiebreaker, she threw the ball onto the court, and they had to play a let. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up losing the point. He, he then tied it up at 6-6, six, six, but I think he ended up losing 10-8 in the tiebreaker. And then I guess my other live was I, I saw Agassi and Blake in 2005. It was like on a Wednesday night, and uh, and Blake was up two sets to love, and I was really tired. I was like, I'm going to go. And then my friend's like, you know what, stick around. I think this match is going is to go a while. And then like three and a half hours later, Agassi dug it, dug it out in the fifth. That was sort of before he retired, but I think he made the finals of yeah. the Open that year. Those are, those are both good moments. Uh, Peter, what about you? So I guess my favorite um, – my favorite U.S. Open moment is uh, the Alex Karecha, um Sampras match, where Sampras was was uh, literally like throwing up between points in the fifth set tiebreaker, and still like pulled it out, and that was just Sampras really digging deep. It was the the tennis equivalent of the Jordan flu game. Um, <laughs> just watching the highlights on YouTube, there's. No one who's ever looked more sick on a tennis court than Sampras did that day. And it must have really been tough to be Alex Karecha and lose that match. Um, <clears throat> the, I guess my favorite live moment, um, this is just a story that goes way back. The first time I ever saw live tennis, it was when Mark took me and Philip to the uh, D.C. tournament when we were about five years old. And um, we were asking for... Mark was obsessed Todd with Agassi, and we didn't know who Agassi was. And so there was a guy signing autographs, and we asked him, are you Agassi? And he was like, no, I'm Todd Martin. He's like, oh. And then we just didn't want his autograph. <laughs> Actually, the, the story, I'm going to add one, one little, uh, you know, just one more paragraph to the story. So Todd Martin, uh, yeah, you, you had your little Mickey Mouse autograph book, and you said, no, that's okay. But then I think he was still trying to build some goodwill with you. I said, you know, they're also really into hockey. And he's like, I, I think that year the Red Wings played the Devils in the finals. And so he said, oh, yeah, yeah, go Red Wings. And then one of you or both of you at the same time says, actually, we love the Devils. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're Todd Martin. Never mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my favorite live tennis moment is actually the year we went to Wimbledon. Um, you guys don't actually know this, but I, when I snuck off for a bathroom break, I actually um, snuck into the women's locker room and installed um, hidden video cameras in there that are actually going to be the basis of a website that I put up um, within the next year. So listeners, uh, look forward to that. I'll, uh, I'll put the URL uh, up on the, uh, the write-up for this. 
and then anything, anything to increase the ratings correct? yeah 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 true story um and then uh my favorite u.s open moment was probably the year sampras everyone thought he was too old um and would never win another grand slam and then he just as the i think number like 17 seed just like ran through the draw and beat agassi in the finals and then retired yeah i, th I think he had to run the gauntlet I yeah, think he had, yeah. like, Roddick, who was defending Chamber, close to defending. No, maybe Roddick won in the next year, but Roddick was seated pretty young. I think he just kept, like, steamrolling through, like, one top seat after another. Yeah, it was yeah. all his rivals. He beat Roddick, he beat Rafter, he beat Agassi. Um, Did he beat Hewitt? No, he would have gotten thrashed by Hewitt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had gotten thrashed the year, year before, but that, that's a good way to go out. There's some people... Speaking of which, I mean, do you feel like this year's U.S. Open should be a swan song for anybody if, if they lose early? Or do you, or do you feel like, uh, you know, most people want to go out like a year after they should, a year or two after they should have retired? I what, actually, what's been... I, I didn't see Thomas Burditch's name in the draw. Is he, st is he still playing? He must be hurt. Yeah. And I think David Ferrer is almost done. Like, he drew Rafa in the first round. Like, uh, he's on his last legs, I think. And Songa is injured and just got married. And I feel like he's a little bit checked out, but he's not retired yet. What do you think? Do you have any names that you were thinking of? No, I think you threw the names out. I mean, I think Ferrer would be the interesting one. And maybe that, that's a good segue into speaking about the draw. I don't know if he's planning on, on being in the starting lineup in the Davis Cup, and I know Rafa said that he was going to focus on Davis Cup rather than the Labor Cup, but maybe maybe that's the way to go out. You know, you lose to your compatriot in kind of a tough match. Your compatriot sings your praises, and uh, and you walk away. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he would be the player to watch. Maybe um, who's the guy from Cyprus? Uh, Baghdadis. Yeah. I mean, I guess – this he wouldn't be, but maybe this would be if he like lost in the first or second round. You know, maybe that's life's way of telling him that. Baghdadis has been incredibly annoying for the last like five years because he's always like a very tough first round opponent, but has nothing after like round two if he gets that far. Um, and so he can just like be the person who just like ruins a potentially awesome quarterfinals, but uh, he's never somebody who will like go deep in a tournament is he like the equivalent of that squash player who shows up for those tournaments just to get the t-shirt and like the free lunch and you know, <laughs> a little gift certificate like is he that equivalent uh but... no because he like can beat like a like it's he could probably he could take out dimitrov or Sverev if they're his first round matchup he'll just never win a second round matchup after that so speaking of which that, that's a good so how does this happen? Am, am, I, am I looking at the draw correctly? Or Stan and Dimitrov matched up against each other? Yeah, who did you pick in that one? In What's the probability of that? 1 over 96 times 1 over 96? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Stan just, like, could have faced any of the seeds in the first round. Um, he's, like, ranked, like, 200 in the world right now. Um, where, where do you see that? Because I think he took Dimitrov out at Wimbledon. No, so he's 100 Dimitrov, in the world right now. Oh, really? Yeah, is he is he is Dimitrov feeling the heat, or he's like, hey, this is the exact first round match I want to avenge the bad taste 
from Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, I actually think they played each other in uh, like either Cincinnati or Montreal and or Toronto, and they and Stan won. So I think like uh, this is just a really really shitty draw for Dimitrov. Is there a way around that? I mean, do you take? You know, I can think. Okay, one of these guys could end up with Murray, which would probably have been even a worse draw than Sam. Do you think there should be like a sub seeding, or just if you're not in the top 32, it's it's just all up to, all up to uh, to random chance? Yeah, like, because these like, dangerous floaters, like when Delpo wasn't a top 32 seed, it was just like fuck, somebody's gonna have to play Delpo really early, and it sucks for everyone. Um, but I mean, at a certain point, you have to earn your ranking points, you know. And like, okay, these guys who have uh, who have uh, Sort of earn the right to get a wild card if they're not ranked high enough because of injury. Uh, you still have to like I don't know get your points. So I, I I think they're doing it the right way. It just sort of screws somebody. Yeah, I meant like should those be they, should they, should there be like a should they be sub seeded? I mean I guess there's really no way around it. You know like should they be treated like a number thirty three and a number thirty four seed? I mean they're they got six grand slams between them. Or is that just you just have to leave it up to chance if you're not in the top 32? Peter, what do you think? Uh, I think that you need Russians or something to pick, you know, pick the names out of the hat. <laughs> you know, is that, is that kind of the <laughs> the middle ground there? I I think that you have to earn your ranking points, and you know, this is a new generation of tennis where people are playing into their third their mid 30s, and so um, there are going to be more injuries. There are going to be more people who need to take significant time off, so there will be depressed rankings. But um, it it uh, the the sport has to maintain its integrity, and and you can't have special treatment. Do you think the players are tired by the Open? I mean, obviously Wimbledon and the French get packed together pretty closely, although maybe the grass is a little lighter on the body. Do you think we're get, getting the players at, at optimal performance? Do they just kind of dig into that reserve tank because it is the last Grand Slam? What's your sense, or do you think the U.S. Open plays a little more unpredictably for, for all the sort of variables that you just just spoke about? Uh, I think players are definitely tired by the Open. It's a really long season, and there are two Masters 1000 events, like back-to-back, -back, so if you really uh, go for it during the, the entire hardcore season... Uh, you're really uh, flushed. Um, so is that Jack Sock's strategy and, and, and <laughs> gracefully bowing up? Do you think he, he sort of played his cards the right way of kind of pacing himself for the whole year for this tournament? I, I have him winning two matches, um, which would be 40% of his win total for the entire year um, if he does it. Now how many matches in his bracket do you think he had himself? He has himself <laughs> with? Uh, yeah, I think he. <laughs> that's a good question. Singles or doubles? <laughs> yeah, he take, he takes the arithmetic mean. So I guess he said he won like like four <laughs> matches at Wimbledon. But no, is there, is there any way we can somehow? Do we have any contact? Can we access his bracket? <laughs> He's got any money on him? He probably has himself. But that that would be. Uh, What's yeah. his reaction if he wins a match? Does he treat it like he's won a grand? Like if he wins his first round match, <laughs> it happens to be at night. Does does are there tears shed? Does <laughs> thrown into the stand? I, I, I never what, thought what? I'd be here again. Um, 
<laughs> How long does he have to argue with the people at the front desk yeah. for in terms of like extending his hotel stay? You know, like what what kind of complications does this throw into his life? I think it's I think it's this nobody believed in me moment. <laughs> nobody believed I could do this. He beats Guido Andreas Andreazzi or something. I don't think it's a chance. It makes yeah. too long. Yeah, so let's go let's go through the draw. Um because uh yeah, we sort of covered a lot of the storylines last weekend. Um and yeah, this is like really the big uh the big thing right now is uh yeah, it's picking picking your winners. Um so uh yeah, let's basically start with who we think will make the round of sixteen, um, and then go onward. So in uh Rafa's section do we all have Rafa? Yeah, I'm saying you want to call that match. Like, do we do all three of us have him playing against Edmund in the round of 16, or or do you, or do you think maybe somebody else will? Yeah, sorry, I do have Rafa. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I have him against Edmund in the round of 16 as well. Yeah, I've been beating Kashinov in the third round. I actually think Kashinov is a hard third rounder because he's he's done he did well in Wimbledon. He's done well in the like hard court tournaments this summer, and third round i think he's an easy fourth round but third round he's not quite around too far yet and so i think that could be a test but yeah i mean rafa is it would be it would be uh crazy to bet against rafa in that four in that 16th yeah i mean do you think that's a four set match or a you think it's a straight sets match do you think kashnikov or whatever kashnikov do you think he takes the first set and and then Rafa digs in and and maybe has a tight second set and then then opens it up in the last two. Or you think that's a straight one? I think it's straight. I mean, I'm not worried about catching off the way Peter is. Like, I think with Rafa, it really depends on is he healthy and if he's healthy, which I think he is, and if he's feeling good, which it seemed like he was in uh, Montreal. The only players in the world who can beat him are Federer and Djokovic. Yeah, and great. Del Potro on a good day. And so it's just like, uh, and so like, okay, uh, Rafa is sort of overdue for an injury. So if something happens, I wouldn't be surprised, but, uh, I have him beating Kachanov easily because you can't really, uh, forecast an injury. And for context, uh, according to tennisbracket.com, 96% of people have Rafa in that round. Yeah, I think ninety-six percent of the people also had Hillary winning the election, so we always have to be worried about. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at. I'm looking at. So what do we have in? So in the up, upper pair in the round of sixteen, I guess all three of us have Nadal against Edmund. Well, who do you guys have as your next pair in the round of sixteen? So I have team against uh, Query. I have soccer. Or I, have, I have Johnson against Shapovalov. Yeah, I, I maybe was tired this morning. I have. Is that Fritz and and I have Fritz and Anderson. Am I looking at? Do you have one of so the guys? So Fritz and Fritz and Anderson would play in the round. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the round of sixteen. Yeah, you, so you have Fritz beating team. That's actually a good call, I think. I have Fritz in the the third round, but not beating team. Do you think uh, Harrison can do any damage to Anderson in the first? I mean, do you think do you think Harrison has a chance in the first round? Is Anderson due for just a? A down moment, or or you think he keeps up his momentum at least in the early rounds that he's had all year? Um, I don't see Ryan Harrison creating an upset. 
Although I know he's one of your like uh, favorites. Well, I mean, it's it's not really that. It's like I, I I was just thinking, you know, which guys who have who have just really really overachieved, like Anderson and others, in the year, kind of, um, uh, you know, they just don't they can't they're just taught they they almost crash out by the U.S. Open. Yeah, Maybe they, whatever they that one because I didn't know he's one of those. Not to say that that Harrison would play all so well, but I, I think he beat Rayonich. Well, maybe maybe Rayonich was hurt a couple of years ago. But, like, you know, that's a guy who would have nothing to lose, and Anderson's playing this U.S. Open with a little bit of pressure. Yeah, or maybe I mean, that's I somebody could, else upsetting. So, basically, I think Anderson's a little better, but it's like Sam Query, right? Sam Query was top ten last year, but he was just too high. He couldn't sustain it. Yeah. And is Anderson in that zone where he's, like, Overachieved so much recently that he's uh, he's overdue for a uh, returning back to earth. Yeah, I think uh, he's pretty good at beating players who are um, yeah not top, in the top, top like echelon. But uh, so you guys have him losing to Query. I, I have Query that? beating him just because I think Query's just the ultimate wild card. Where if he's like too low then he like has just like the what the fuck result and uh if he's too high then he just like uh loses too early but nothing bothers the guy right like it just yeah it's like he could win the tournament and you know if if uh somebody like spilled their popcorn on their lap in the third row he'd probably help them take care of the popcorn (laughs) you know hold up the trophy or something he seems like just nothing gets under his skin yeah not that i watch him that much yeah um and that that's both a strength and a weakness because like he's accused of being too casual uh when things are not going right for him i do think anderson has a quite a difficult early few rounds though because harrison played really well in Winston-Salem and then and he's like peaking right now then he's got Rublev in the next round who made it to the quarters last year and has a lot of points to defend and then he has the winner of Shapovalov uh, and Query both of whom can be just a force when they're on and then um, and so yeah. that's that's a really tough first three rounds um, as things go. Yeah, I don't see him getting... Now that you describe it that way, I don't think he has any chance of making it past... Certainly doesn't have any chance of making it past the quarters if, if Ross is still in there. Yeah. What do you guys have in the next pair? So I have team beating... Oh, wait, have we... Oh, we... Yeah, yeah okay. Um, next pair, so in the round of 16, I have uh, Del Potro against Tsitsipas. I have Del Potro and Chorich. Yeah, I'm following Peter on that. I think the, I think the Greek guys played a lot of matches this summer. <clears throat> yeah. I think I don't know if the crowd will be on the side. I think some of his antics. I don't know. I've never seen him play. I'm impressed with his results, but maybe he's a little bit like like Kyrgios light. And then you know when the expectations are high, uh, uh, they they you know they they tend to they tend to strike a strike out on a on a bad pitch. So. I, I think it'll be tough. I think it'll be a great match with him and Forge, but I have Forge winning as well. I think uh, Sitsipas is actually just like extremely legit. Yeah, he's also like very mentally strong. Yeah. I just think that I I do think he may be a little worn out, and and uh, 
maybe overachieved a little bit and and uh, recently and Chorich's game, he's just a metronome. I feel like you have to be really on to beat him, and uh, it'll take a lot for Sitsipas to get past that. Yeah, I mean that definitely is a tight match. I like sort of flipped a coin to you like. Think we might get to see that match Friday night. I mean, is that a possibility or a Saturday match? Oh yeah, we, uh, it actually might be. Uh, I think the match we might see uh, Friday night is uh, Murray versus Del Potro because. Yeah, that's Mur- Del Potro is the one who got junked with uh, Murray. That could be a third okay. round match. Okay. Nice. On the, uh, if it's the, the other side of the draw, we could get Federer against Kyrgios in the third round. Yeah, that would be that would be sick. Uh, wh- do we know which side of the draw is playing on Monday yet? Uh, not yet. I'm not. I don't think the schedule comes out until tomorrow. How about uh, who do you have in the next pair? Um, I have uh, Isner versus Wabrinka. What about you? I have Isner versus Simone. I think didn't Simone do well at Wimbledon? Oh yeah, he, he did. He yeah, like, like, yeah. You you have so that that sort of section has a lot of names in it. Like uh, Simone would have to beat Rayanich and then either Dimitrov or Wawrinka. So I'm sort of bearish on Simone because like there are three people who are like uh, people who have made semifinals of Grand Slams before in that section. Yeah. yeah, I'm just thinking maybe they they kind of there's like a there's a little bit of attrition on that side. I think I was I was taking Simone because I felt like Rayanich. He's had a good year. I mean, impressive, but I don't feel like the U.S. Open is his tournament. I don't know. I just feel like Simone will play like he has nothing to lose. But that that's a bit of a, a shot well, in the dark. Like Rayanich, this is sort of like a home tournament for him because Canada is basically America. So, yeah, I have, I have Rayanich getting to the round of 16, and we're going to have Rayanich-Isner Part 2, um, <laughs> U.S. Open, Wimbledon rematch. Yeah, that yeah that would be a match I really don't want to watch. And I, I'd have, I have Rayanich actually winning that, because I, I think that those two, it's a coin flip, and this time it'll go to Rayanich. Yeah, I mean... So yeah. if you had the choice between watching Pasta Boyle... And, and watching that match, which one would you opt for? I mean, watching Pasta Boyle can be entertaining because some of the bubbles can get really big, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll be with you, man. I, I'll, I'll, if you FaceTime the pasta, I will watch it. Yeah, I mean, also, like, uh, I mean, you can also have different types of pasta. Like, penne is different from spaghetti. <laughs> And the bubbles feeling, are different. You actually came up with a really good idea for a YouTube channel, just like 24 hours pasta boiling. <laughs> a very <laughs> pasta way, like a pasta station. This is good. Wait, it'll of... it'll get a lot of hits from Italy. <laughs> so, so speaking of somebody who probably um, has a lot of Italians betting on his matches, do you have Sil- who do you, do you have Silic getting in? Uh, so now we're in the bottom half of the draw. Yes. Yeah. Do you have Silic? At least in that in that first bracket, getting in in the in the round of sixteen. And if so, who do you have him playing against? Yeah, yeah, I have him getting the round of sixteen. He'll be beating. Uh, I think Tiafo makes the round of thirty-two, and Chilich beats him and plays uh, Guffan in the round of sixteen. Guffan hasn't been playing well. It's just his his uh, section is really weak. Yeah, I'm the same way. I just think like I wanted to bet against Guffan, but then I saw his section, and it's like everybody like. Pechinato is having a like a downstretch. Um, 
I feel like Mackenzie McDonald is probably his toughest competition, and he's coming back down to earth a little bit this summer. And when that's your toughest competition, you should make the round of sixteen. Yeah, yeah, I have the same. I have the same. I have the same pair. Yeah. Who do yeah. you got from? Who do you have in the next pair? I have um, Nishikori against Zverev. What about you? I have Maltese against Zverev. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that, that Nishikori section is like, actually, there are a lot of good players in it because uh, Schwartzman is the the highest seed in it, and he's been having a really good season. Um, he sort of pushed Rafa last year at the U.S. Open. Um, and then, yeah, Malfeast is unseeded, and he would pl- face Nishikori in the second round. Um, yeah, so it's sort of, uh, see, TennisBracket.com has uh, Nishikori getting in 65% of brackets, uh, Schwartzman, 23%, and Monfils, uh 13%. And don't sleep on Jean Munar, the young, uh, the young Spaniard. He's had a great year. Yeah. I have him winning in the first round, but not beating Schwartzman. Yeah. Peter, who do you have, who do you have in that uh, section? I have and Zverev, and I have Monfils. So in that next, that next uh, pair, I have, I have Joker against um, uh, Busta Nail Polish. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Karina Neopolis. Yeah, Carreño. Um, Carreño is... I have the same. is such a tender lover. <laughs> I um, do think that uh, the Puig-Carreño-Busta match was really hard for me to choose. Yeah. Yeah, but Puig is French and therefore mentally weak, so I think Carreño-Busta wins. Who do you think gives a better chair massage of those two? <laughs> like, if the players needed somebody to give them an immediate chair massage, just, you know, kind of like a you know, kind of all for one, one for all. So I think uh, Pui gives a better massage, but, uh, but uh, um, like a better hand massage, but I think uh, Carreño Busta gives a better mouth massage. Okay, okay. Very important. <laughs> I'm sure that might be, that's probably on his... Uh, I think uh, Pui gives a better athletic massage, but uh, but Carreño Busta gives a better Thai massage. <laughs> so you want Pui before the match and then, and then Carreño Busta after the match. Yeah, I think uh, actually I've heard there have been reports that Carreño Busta trains the ball girls sometimes. I'm all for it. So speaking of people who might, might be confused with Thai... Uh, males, do you guys have Chung getting into the <laughs> Chung getting into the round of sixteen, or you got somebody else? I have Fognini, just because Chung is sort of. Uh, I think he's still recovering from injury. Yeah, I think I have Chung. I feel like Fognini's had a little too good a year, and so <laughs> it's. Uh, I just don't think he'll make it. Yeah, yeah. kind of pisses him off, right? Like he's he's that guy. He's got like you know kind of like that algebraic formula, like X needs to be greater than 30, 32, but, but less than or equal to uh, 16. Like, it feels like it pisses <laughs> yeah, him yeah. off when he starts doing well. Yeah, he's, he's seated too high to do well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chung is, like, I think he's probably, uh, I think he would do the best on the SAT math section of anyone in the draw. Or who, who do you think? Yeah, who, who are your top five for S- prob- probable SAT scores in the draw? I'd have to look at a bigger draw. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go straight Asian here. So it's Daniel. <laughs> Chung Nishikori. I'm gonna go Nishikori, Daniel, uh, Chung. <laughs> yeah, I think that like guy, the Chinese guy who won the Junior U.S. Open, Wu, is probably pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then I think also uh, 
I think that um, I see how those tweets are kind of ridiculous. There's the tennis guy, like some American who wasn't really sure if he'd make it into the pros and so needed like, or even get a full scholarship to college. So he needed like a little bit of an SAT backup to get into the school. So maybe one of those, one, maybe McDonald or one of those guys. Or like Johnson or Isner. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Like the guys who went to college. So I actually hear Ryan Nitsch was like thinking of going to Princeton. What yeah, are, last one. And Mario Ancic went to Columbia Business School, I think. So, but I guess broader point, like in but, foot- but Chung is a genius. <laughs> in football, they've got like Justin Tuck went to Wharton. Um, they have like there's a former Ravens lineman who's now getting a science, some sort of science PhD at MIT. Julius yeah, Thomas, yeah, yeah. the ex tight yeah, end. I read that story. Yeah, he, he's now going to. Uh, he's he just retired from football to get his PhD to study CTE. What we don't have in tennis is some sort of just inexplicable like intellectual. Yeah, like everybody is sort of like the classic tennis meathead to a certain extent. Yeah, I think the one who would surprise me most being a closet intellectual is Fernando Verdasco. <laughs> 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 he reads a lot of uh, who's that Chilean poet that people like? You know, he memorizes Neruda. Like, yeah, he memorizes some Neruda. <laughs> you know, it's, it's some Shakespearean sonnets. You know, he advertises. I'm sure on his. Uh, I actually uh, think Dominic Team is my selection for lowest SAT score. <laughs> I think he's never been in a classroom in his life. Yeah, it's, and Sock is right behind him. Like if you combine the four. <laughs> If you combine their score and then you get 200% in your name, it's still less than the, the, the American mean. I also think Kyrgios would make a game out of getting the lowest score possible. <laughs> Unless he's doubted, then, then he might, you know, he might take a couple Red Bulls and, and study all night. So we got, we got a round of 16. Who do we have in the round so, of eight? Wait, so we need to pick Kyrgios Federer. Does everyone have Federer? Yeah. I do, but it'll be a good match. Yeah. Hopefully we see it. I think I would have picked Kyrgios if I had confidence of him getting to that round, but he's just such, like, uh, an enigma that it's just, like, impossible to select him and, like, if you're playing it by the odds. But, yeah, okay, so we're at the round of 16, so let's choose between Rafa and Edmund. Okay, done. Yeah, Rafa. (laughs) Done. Okay, done. Okay, team, what about the next section? I have team. I got I got Delpo I got Delpo against Isner and I'll, I'll have Delpo winning. Wait, so wait, we gotta we gotta pick a section before that. I have the like one where you had Taylor Fritz getting to the round of sixteen. Oh, sorry, sorry, you were talking about those matches. Yeah, sorry. I have um, I have a, I have Anderson. I have Anderson over Fritz. Oh yeah. By the way, Peter uh, showed me a video of his girlfriend feeding an ostrich in South Africa, and uh, the ostrich looked amazingly similar to Kevin Anderson um, like to the extent where I thought like he might be an ostrich <laughs> would that work you with the damage I mean if he had I think it's would... like one reason for his mental toughness is he's really good at uh, keeping his head in the ground for uh, <laughs> moments where the yeah. things are going against him just like well, blocking out the noise but do you think that, that like the punchline is when he, when he has a really bad match is he laid a big egg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lays an enormous egg. 
<laughs> okay. He's really focused on getting his. <laughs> yeah. Do do so we do we all have Rafa in the semifinals? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I have um I have Steven Johnson against Shapovalov in the round of sixteen, Shapovalov in the quarters, and Rafa beating him in the to get to the semis. Yeah. Okay, well, Rafa's gonna beat someone in the quarterfinals and get to the semis. Um, okay, the next one is Delpo versus uh, either Isner or what, or Delpo versus Sitsipas or Chorich. Do we all have Delpo? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When he gets hot, he just needs like a round or two. But once once he gets in a roll, so, so I w- I will bring something up about Delpo. Is he pulled out of uh, Toronto because of a left wrist issue? Um, and Mark was saying that it's uh, a sign that he broke up with his girlfriend, but I didn't see any news reports. Uh, and that is like his troubling left wrist. And I sort of noticed in Cincinnati that he was slicing a lot on his backhand. So uh, he might not be 100%. So he might not be as much of a lock as we are uh, calling him to be. Yeah, I just bet against him in Wimbledon thinking he might be not be hurt or not be 100%. And um, yeah, he, he was... He was firing at Wimbledon. Yeah, he was so good at Wimbledon. Um, okay, so we have Delpo, and then I, I have, who do you have in the Isner section? Isner versus Rayanich or Stan or Simone? Yeah, I have, well, I have Isner making it to the quarters. Okay. Okay, I have uh, Stan making it to the quarters. I've got Rayanich and then Delpo beating him. Okay, so we all have Delpo in the semis. So I think my match with Stan and Delpo, uh, that's sort of an interesting legacy question as well. Like, uh, it's sort of a debate, like who has had the better career. According to the Ultimate Tennis Goat Index, it's definitely Delpo. Yeah, but Stan has three majors. That's like such a, Stan is like sort of a a hard one to like index because um, he's had such extreme positives. Yeah. Um, I'm mean, gonna look both, up their head to head. They both make the Hall of Fame. You know, they, I think they both make the Hall of Fame pretty easily. I think they've had different. You know, I mean, Delpo's really manned up at the Olympics. I think Warwick's got a doubles gold medal, and and all the majors he's won, he had to run the gauntlet. So, I mean, I don't know about that Australia. Yeah, no, the Australian had to run the gauntlet too. So, uh, he, and, and they had a they they had a match in the U.S. Open quarters, I think, two years ago where it was like Delpo's resurgence and everyone was like on Delpo's nuts and Stan just Stan just beat him. Yeah, he beat him in four. So I have their head to head up. Yeah. And uh, Delpo is up four three. I think it's like an actual like uh, very uh, even comparison. Yeah, that's a good good comparison. Stan has more career record. prize money. Um, ah. His career win losses. Uh, he has. Yes, Delpo has a better career win-loss record. Um, um, yeah, I think it's like a pretty good comparison. Where do you put Silich in that? I mean, he can't be far below them. Maybe he doesn't have as many tournaments. Maybe he does about have the same amount of tournament wins. But more under the radar, but a bunch of couple Grand Slam finals where he's played well. Yeah, so Chilich has had greater Grand Slam results. I think the thing that... Uh, makes Chilich like a little bit lower is just his head-to-head record against Delpo. Delpo is 11 and 2 against Chilich. Um, Stan versus Chilich. Uh Stan 
And like, okay, so Delpo and Chilich are basically like twins, and Stan is twelve and two against Chilich, so they're sort of like a level above Chilich. Um, and just like, let's look at the similarities between Delpo and Chilich. Delpo was born uh, September twenty third, nineteen eighty eight. Chilich was born September twenty eighth, nineteen eighty eight. They're both six foot six. Uh, they're both right-handed with two-handed backhands. They both turned pro in 2005. Uh, their uh, year-to-date win-loss records are uh, 37 and 10 for Delpo, 33 and 12 for Chilich. Uh, yeah, and so it's just like uh, they. So their career prize money is 22 million, 22 million five hundred thousand for Delpo, 24 million five hundred thousand for Chilich. Like. They are basically uh, like clones. It's just Delpo has a eleven and two win 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 loss record. Any chance we'll see them play doubles together ever? Oh, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, they they sort of remind me of like the trees in Lord of the Rings, just like yeah. Good, good comparison. Yeah. So, who do you have, have Silich against in the round of eight, and who wins? So, I have him beating Goffan, and then I have him in the quarterfinals, so I have Nishikori beating Sverev and Chilich winning. What about you, Peter? So, I have um, Chilich beating Goffan as well, and I have Zverev beating Nishikori, and then Zverev um, breaking through in a grand slam and getting to the semifinals. Because I just do not understand why he sucks in Grand Slams. Like, <laughs> I don't think, like, no explanation makes sense to me. It's like, his body's not right. Well, his body is just fine for three out of five. These guys are professionals with a day off in between matches. And, yeah. like, he's really, really good. Like, Yeah, if you have a day off, you should be able to bring it for the next match. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's just, like... I'm just going with the trend right now. I've sort of bet on of breaking through enough times that I'm just not willing to do it again until it happens. I, I, I have Monfils beating him in the round of 16. Oh, wow. So you have Monfils in the quarters. And that's as far as he makes it. And then I have him losing to Chilich in the quarters. Chilich? Okay. Yeah, I would love for that to happen. I'm a Monfils fan. Uh, and you actually do have a son, so you have sort of a stake in it. I have a fan it. of Monfils as well. Yeah, you have your Monfils. Um, I have him. I have Monfils making the round of round of two fifty six. No, sorry, the round of five twelve at uh, Wimbledon in two thousand. When was this kid born? In two thousand thirty six. At least the round of two fifty six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've made that round like quite a few times. <laughs> Second round of the quality. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, what about the next section? Uh, so I have uh, Djokovic beating uh, Carreño blowjob, uh, and then uh, I have uh, Federer beating Fognini, and then Djokovic beating Federer. I got the same. Yeah, same here. Okay. So we have Rafa Delpo, uh, then Chilich, except Chilich. for Peter. And then uh, Peter Asverev, and then Djokovic in the semifinals. So, what what are your what are your semifinal predictions, Mark? Yeah, I have Delpo only because I just it's like if he can get you know Wimbledon, he played well. I mean, and I thought Rafa played really well that match. 
he had a little more gas in the tank, but there's something about when Delpo just gets that like turbo boost or whatever you want to call it. He eats one of those power pills and he just starts pounding away. If they have to, if they play during the day on the semi, maybe they both weather gets a little hot and he just starts hitting those turbo boosted forehands. So I have him winning in like four really ridiculously close sets. And uh, only, only because I think at that point, I think Rafa won't be at all. I think Rafa will be at like 80% physically. And Delpo will just kind of say, all right, I'm maxing out this tournament. I'm going to hang him up for the rest of the year. But only just for reasons of slightly better physical health, believe it or not, I have, I have Delpo winning. I, I, also, I think this is a tough – I think uh, – I think like Delpo might win just because uh, Rafa has beaten him in extremely close matches in three of the last four Grand Slams. So, like, uh, except the French Open one wasn't that close, but he beat him last year in the U.S. Open uh, semis, and he also beat him in Wimbledon in maybe the best match of the year. That was, like, such a good match. Like, Delpo maybe should have won that. And, like, it's just, like, how many match, how many times can Nadal do that before Delpo is just, like, all right, I need to win. Um, But I do have Rafa winning just because, like, first of all, like, uh... like history like rafa beats yeah. delpo like either nadal Djokovic, or federer wins the grand slam like yeah. uh it's just like i just don't think it's a good bet to bet on Del on like that one out of five chance that delpo wins uh even if it c- he could very well win yeah i also um i think that would be a very scary match for rafa if delpo gets that far I just don't have total faith that Delpo will get to the semis because of the risk. But if they do, if if they do end up playing each other, I think um, like you said, like Delpo is overdue for a win against Nadal. Um, and but I have Rafa getting to the final. Yeah. So what about uh, the other semi, um, Peter? Yeah, I, I have Joker winning. And I haven't really thought about the sets. I think it'll be still it rises to the occasion. So that will not be, you know, the, there won't be any Me Too moments in there. I mean, that'll be a, <laughs> both, both those matches. That, if some, that'll, that'll be a sick day of tennis. That'll be like an eight, nine hour day of men's semifinal tennis. Uh, Djokovic is a little more Gumby ish and, and he's, he's on a roll. Uh, I think they probably split over the summer. It'll be a great match, but probably Joker in like four tight sets. Yeah, yeah, I have the same. I think Joker is just too good at the moment. Djokovic is the best player in the world. I would not bet. I do not consider him the underdog in any match. I would feel dumb. But I would feel dumb choosing against him. I have Djokovic. It could go five. It could go three. Yeah. So I believe that Joker is probably the best in the world, but I also believe Rafa thinks he's the, like. Rafa didn't lose. Rafa had his chances in that Wimbledon match, and he did win in uh, Montreal in Toronto. And so, I think Rafa thinks he should. I think Rafa really wants a rematch with Djokovic, and I actually have him winning in the the finals. Yeah, if I had to put money on the match, I, I just wouldn't really know one way or the other. I think because of the momentum, and and maybe Rafa feels just a twinge of pressure trying to repeat. Whereas Djokovic still is playing, you know, yeah, the expectations were not so high at Wimbledon. I think he's happy to win at Cincy. Uh, 
he's not an underdog in any way because of his momentum, but I don't think the pressure is on him to win a Grand Slam, and a second Grand Slam this year. So I think he can play a little bit more loose, whereas Rafa will have just a tad bit of pressure as number one in this defending champion. So I feel like maybe that pressure will be the difference maker, but that that'll be uh, you know that that'll be like the I'm trying to think of, of an equivalent. Um, you know, the best Miami Heat team against the best Bulls team. Uh, kind of equivalent seventh game of an NBA Finals. I think that'd be a ridiculous match. Probably a bunch of those like twelve to fifteen minute games that they would have three four years ago. So you think he'll play a little bit more Sharapova? <laughs> yeah, something like it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh... I, I have Joker winning at four, but. But, I mean, that, that's the same thing with Wimbledon. You know, one point here, one point there, and the, the tables could easily flip. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be – I really hope that's the final. Actually, I sort of hope Joker loses in a stunner and that, like, Rafa plays someone who isn't Federer or Djokovic in the finals just because I want Rafa's Grand Slam tally to be, like, a little bit easier to, like, notch up another one. But uh, I think if that match happens, it will be, like, a – as great a match as the Wimbledon semi. So if you guys, if somebody said, okay, I'm going to give, uh, I'll give you guys 10 to 1 odds. No, sorry, you'll give me 10 to 1 odds. You can have anybody in the big three. Sorry, that, that they, I'll take somebody in the big three uh, at 10 to 1 odds, and, and you could get um, anybody outside of the, the top 10 as your, but you would have to pick that player at 10 to 1 odds, or let's say out of the top six. Who do you think might be your surprise? Like, who could pull this off who's out of, hey, let's say out of the top ten? Uh, I think Stan. Um, just because if he beats Dimitrov, he'll have Dimitrov's draw, and that's like a number five seed draw. I mean, I think Peter? the obvious answer is Murray, too. Yeah, Murray. Um, but that's that's kind of cheap. Yeah, I mean, also Nishikori has been no, no, I think that's playing legit. well. I think that's very legit. I think that that's, that's a legit pick. I also I think... I actually think Sitsi Pass is like extremely legit, and like he could be the next nineteen-year-old to have a major breakthrough. Like he has proven he can beat anyone. Like to get to the uh, Montreal final, actually he has not proven he can beat Nadal. But I mean he beat Djokovic, Del Potro, and uh, forget Anderson back to back to back in uh, Toronto. So let's say, let's let's each take a player then just to see like of those three. Outside the top ten, who will make it the furthest in the draw? Uh, somebody outside the top ten. Would you? So, which of those three people would you take? Uh, Nishikori, just because he has the best draw. Peter. Um, so it's Murray, Nishikori, or Sitsipas. Yeah. Or yeah. Stan. Or Stan. Or Stan. Actually, no, I have Stan going furthest. I would take uh, Nishikori, but of those guys, who I think has the best chance of winning is Murray. So we'll, uh, so you guys planning on going to the Open? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're planning on being there the Friday and Saturday of uh, of Labor Day. Um, if the draw unfolds, maybe maybe a few draw unfolds well, maybe a few more days. Yeah, yeah, that'll be. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, I also foresee like uh, some more great moments, like of live tennis action, like. Uh, 
I've been DMing with uh, with uh, Wozniacki, and like she's sort of getting cold feet about her like upcoming marriage. So like I think there's like a chance there. Um, yeah. What you need to do is fight for her. I think you should take David Lee. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm five eight. He's six eleven. So I can like I've got like a really good angle on his nuts. <laughs> On, on that, on that note, <laughs> on that note, I, I, I look forward to, uh, you know, seeing lots, lots of balls flying through the air with you guys. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do this live from the open next weekend. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Um, cool. And just to close close out the podcast, I was looking up the 2002 uh, U.S. Open draw to see who the gauntlet that that Sampras actually went through. And um, his third round was Greg Ruzetsky. Then um, his fourth round was uh, was Tommy Haas. Then his quarterfinal was a 3-0 beatdown of Roddick. And then his semifinal, this is a classic one, Shang Shalkin. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, not the, so much the, 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 the all-time great service motion. <laughs> And then, um, and then Agassi actually beat Hewitt in four. And so then the Sampras-Agassi match, Sampras was able to win instead of getting thrashed by Hewitt. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, um, until, until we're going to do a mid-open podcast and then an open recap, at least that's our plan. Um, but yeah, if you've, uh, made it this far with us, thanks. We, uh, we really pity appreciate you. We pity you. only <laughs> about, uh, we've run the stats and only about, uh, 3 million of our 30 million viewers actually listened to the whole thing. So like, uh, we really appreciate the diehards. We're sort of like the president where if you're yeah, loyal to us, you get rewarded. We appreciate our base. <laughs> All right, stay thirsty, my friends. All right, see you.